0: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
1: And Kara, this is Scott Galloway, Equinox member. Our first topic.
0: No, we have to talk about that. I'm very depressed. Why? Uh, There's a lot of like. like, We'll get to the that first. First, we're going to talk about the most depressing story, obviously, which was a man shot and killed 22 people in a shopping center in El Paso, Texas, at a Walmart. In fact. And it was one of the several shootings this week. There were others in Gilroy, California, and Dayton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about this awful topic. There's a tech angle. The police say about half an hour before the El Paso shooter opened fire, he posted an anti-immigrant, anti-Hispanic manifesto on 8chan. Scott, have you ever been on 4chan or 8chan or any of these sites?
1: You know, I haven't, Karen. I barely, I don't really even know what they are. Can you give a brief overview of what they are?
0: Yeah, what happens is these, these sites, a lot of people have been sort of shoved off of other sites. And so they go. They, they coalesce around a couple of these sites, one of which was started by someone who wanted a full free... 4chan was not free speech enough, and so they went to 8chan. Um, and it, the guy who actually founded it wants, the, wants it closed down because he thinks it's negative for the world and negative for the people who use it. But it's a place where they can post these manifestos and trade in hate, and it's where you can say anything you want. And so it's, it's used for these killers as havens for killers to post their opinions about what they're about to do so do you
1: think they should be shut down
0: um yes i do yes i do i think they're they're just havens for for killers and racists and everything else and i don't know uh, i don't know how you can shut them down but i don't think that other companies should be supporting them and there's a lot of companies uh that that support them essentially um one of them, which was Cloudflare, which is an internet infrastructure company. It's really a security company. Um, on Sunday, the company cut off service to 8chan, a move that was only done once before for white supremacist site, the Daily Stormer, if you remember. Yeah. Um, at, at first, Cloudflare uh, was saying it wouldn't do anything this time. He, the guy who runs it, Matthew Prince, uh, was a, uh, is a very staunch free speech advocate, but then it changed its mind, and critics have been asking, why is it so different than Christchurch or any of the other awful things 8chan has hosted in the past? Hmm. So, you hmm. know, it's a really bad situation. It's a really problematic one, and let me just play this, and I'd love to get your thoughts. Two years ago on my old podcast, Too Embarrassed to Ask, I interviewed the CEO of Cloud Fair, Matthew Prince, who has done the shutdown, This was after they pulled the plug on the Daily Stormer and even then he was deeply conflicted. Here's what he said.
2: You know, I analogize to a pre-internet world where if you imagine that Ma Bell is listening in on your phone calls and decides at some point you're talking about something that doesn't serve either their political, moral, or economic interests and they unplug you from the phone network, that, that, that doesn't feel right. I think we need to have a conversation about if we're going to regulate content online, where is the right place to regulate it? And, and, and I, you know, I'm the son of a journalist. I believe deeply in free speech. That's what we talked about around the dinner table. I think it's one of the things that makes this country so, so powerful. But it doesn't have the same force around the rest of the world. What does, on the other hand, is an idea of due process, an idea that there are a set of rules that you should follow and you should be able to know going into that. And I don't think that the tech industry has no, that set of
0: due process. It's totally arbitrary.
1: And and we didn't follow principles of due process in this case. Yeah. So look, I, I have a, a a backstory here. A, a few years ago, a few years ago, like, ten years ago, I was put on the board of Eddie Bauer by the the debt holders or some of the equity mm-hmm. holders, and it was about to go into reorganization. I mean, Eddie Bauer. Bad merchandise, a dusty brand, poor execution, the thing was going into bankruptcy, but there was still value there. So we went through this auction where you try and get a stocking horse bidder and then find someone to buy the firm. And at that time, the highest bidder was a firm that just does licensing, meaning that they would fire everybody and then just license the brand and produce goods overseas and... Crappy goods, right? Yeah, well, not, not always, but typically not of the same quality as a vertical manufacturer. And 1,200 people are going to lose their jobs. And we decided to reopen the bidding process to see if we could find someone to buy the company and hold on to most of the employees. And the hedge fund manager, a 24-year-old who gave me a great lecture about the invisible hand, called and said, you're not doing your job, you have a fiduciary obligation to shareholders full stop, and you're not there to, to pretend you're a social engineer and i called a guy named stuart stein and i think it's important that young people always have a kitchen cabinet of people on their shoulder when they're trying when they're dealing with business or personal issues and this guy was part of my kitchen cabinet and he said well actually scott when a company goes towards bankruptcy it enters what's called the zone of insolvency where your fiduciary obligations aren't just to shareholders but they're to the debt holders and to the community and to the employees and i think slowly but surely companies have moved towards this notion that their board of directors is fiduciaries for stakeholders, not just shareholders. And what I find in business in our society is that we have what's these kind of comfort absolutes, where when we're faced with difficult decisions, we just go, oh, First Amendment, or oh, just represent shareholders. And the reality is the world's not that simple and you have to take into mind other stakeholders. So I find that when people wrap themselves in a First Amendment blanket or a censorship blanket, what they're really saying is, I don't want to have to think about nor defend this really hard decision. And I think in the case of these organizations, especially something like 8chan or 4chan, if it's what you say it is, unless it's a trap, unless it's a Venus flytrap for domestic terrorists or pedophiles, I say that companies have a responsibility to have a thoughtful conversation around whether they want to engage in supporting that organization. So right, I, exactly. I, I like the fact that we're moving away from what I'll call these comfort absolutes.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's a really difficult problem. I mean, I think what's interesting about Matthew Prince is in his quote, it just drove me He's an interesting man and I had a very good, uh, interview with him, but he's very typical of these Silicon Valley types where they, they don't want to take any responsibility for anything and they want all the benefit. And they don't, they don't want to make any hard decisions. And one of the things that he said in his quote just irked me and in fact I wrote a New York Times column about it. Was that he? He goes. Finally, enough is enough. And I was like, w- Hey, dude, enough has been enough for a very long time. And and they said we need to start a conversation about online hate. I'm like, We've been having it. Yeah. It's just that you refuse to do anything about it, and you're yeah. in a position of power here. And so it was sort of ir- the whole the whole encounter irritated me. Um, and it, it, it it's so typical of these tech companies, which are just literally abrogating responsibility at every step of the game and benefiting from them at every step of the game. And they have these things have impact. And, and the other thing is, why dump Daily Stormer and not this one? Why do this and not this one? And so, uh, you know, they really have to have some rules that they keep in place where these, these sites are either they're toxic or they're not, and they're going to support them or they're not. And that's, I, I don't know, that just seems... Yeah, and guess what? They make it needlessly difficult.
1: We're gonna, as consumers, of these companies are gonna have to recognize that occasionally they get it wrong. The New York Times got their headline wrong yeah. because they oh, have yeah. to make well, they have to make discretionary calls around this stuff, and discretionary calls means that you have to say, all right, if they're making discretionary calls, they're occasionally going to get it wrong. I know Matthew; he came and spoke to my class. He st- struck me as a pretty nice, thoughtful guy. And by the way, just purely distinct of the ethics here, it was a brilliant move from a branding standpoint. I mean, he's got he is now or. Cloudflare is now seen as this kind of righteous, starts your hat white household name. It was a brilliant move strictly from a a PR standpoint. But going back to the gun issue and, you know, I promised myself we we keep we keep promising each other we're not going to delve into politics. Go right ahead. (laughs) You have I mean, obviously, you hear these just these gripping stories about a woman who's bleeding out of her head because she's just been shot in the head, FaceTiming her. Husband and the only, you know, her last words are, "I need to get to my kids." I mean, the unimaginable horror on this kind of first circle of victims. But I mean, you'd want to somehow figure out a way for Mitch McConnell to feel the disaster, the empathy, and the stress that it literally that it creates across all parents. My kid's school now has a guy, as of six months ago, on campus, sitting around looking at his phone. That has a sidearm, and he just sits on campus, hoping and waiting that some guy. And I call him, okay, you're now the guy. You're the first guy that gets shot. That's what you are. If something terrible happens here, but it's really it's not to protect the kids. It's to protect the parents who are in a state of hysteria right now, and the amount of stress. It's like I'm going to Nantucket this week, and of course, the, the moment I decide to go to Nantucket, there's the beaches are cleared because there's a great white. My yeah, son, there's a lot of sharks. yeah, my son in his wetsuit literally looks like a dinner bell for Shark Week, and all I can think <laughs> about is, okay, I can't let how how do I have, how do I not let my kid into the water? And I'm just totally stressed out. The amount of stress that guns causes parents across this land is extraordinary, and obviously the victims—that's you know those people's lives and the lives of their families are ruined. But the amount of stress and heartache this is causing across America is sort of a—it's just. It's just incalculable. It's just so strange, and I'm curious. I don't see a lot on. Okay, well, what can be done? We're sort of all outraged, but what if you today decided? I mean, other than registering to vote or or, or making a donation to the to the the service member who's running against Mitch McConnell, it's like, what do you do?
0: I think you. Do, well, if I was doing it, you ban assault weapons.
1: Well, okay, but how do we get there? You and I are well, on well, board. How do we get there? How do we make, make that happen? They
0: did it. They did it in the Clinton administration. They did it. They did it. They yeah. did it. They just let it lapse. Yeah. It's pos- and, then the, and, and shootings went down considerably. Like, yeah. Considerably. Oh,
1: no doubt. It works. More guns, more deaths, less guns, less deaths. It's pretty straightforward. We don't have a monopoly on mental illness or video games. We have a monopoly on mentally ill people with access to weapons of war. I mean, it's, it's straight fucking math.
0: Well, it's anybody with them, honestly. It's just, it's, just, it's just ban assault weapons to start with. And, you know, they were able to—I mean, Trump was able to ban— uh, Bump stocks, bump stocks, you know, yeah. executive order. You know, I don't know. It just—it's just the whole thing is just—it's—it's it's a. What happens is they rely on our ability to get exhausted by it and yeah. not like be so exhausted that we don't turn to something yelling. else. Uh, yeah. And that's the, and, and that's right. the issue, and, it, and they're right. Yeah, keeps, and they're right. In keeps the, happening. So the we keep forgetting about it. it keeps
1: Earth. happening. We keep forgetting about it. So well, that's
0: why I find these people ultimately so cynical about what's happening. Now, the same thing is this: uh, the, the thing we you made a joke about equinox, and it's kind yeah. of a weird pivot to make, but it's yeah. the same thing. Is that that this guy who runs uh, uh, Steve Ross, yeah. Stephen Ross? He owns Hudson Yards, which everyone abhors in New York, apparently. Um, and uh, he also owns a number of brands that are. You've talked about this issue. I was thinking about you a lot. Uh, Bluestone, uh, I think it's Creamery. He owns Fuco, Pizza.
1: Pure Yoga, Soul Cycle, yeah, Equinox. Equinox. Yeah, Pure uh,
0: Yoga, Soul Cycle, Equinox. Yeah. You use Equinox, I use Soul Cycle. And he is g- giving, after the week of the racist trans. Uh, tweets by Trump, he's still giving this giant Hamptons party, the most elite place on earth yeah. uh, for, for President Trump. And, uh, and his, uh, it set off a flurry on the internet yesterday yeah. among people who use these things, because most of them are, you know, the elite, elite yeah. wealthy people who were, did not know this was going on. And then people did. Thoughts?
1: Well, so let me ask you, and I'll, well, you go first, and I'll go second. Does it impact? Does it affect your affinity and likelihood to uh, patronize SoulCycle? I know you're. No, a I'm side. not
0: going to use it anymore. You're, you're done.
1: Not. Really? Done.
0: Yeah. Wow. Done. Wow. I just—it's dumb. It's a—it's—it's it's a discretionary purchase. Yep. I know it's ex, it's yep. expensive. It's a plenty of money, and so it's yep. like I don't need to do it. I don't need to. And even though they tried very hard, the CEO of Mel, Melanie Whalen, who I like quite a bit, um, had put out a statement that said, you know, none of. We don't we don't agree with this and we none of the money goes to politicians. Yep. He's a passive investor. He's the owner. He's like he makes all the money. Like so it's kind of really hard. So the same thing Equinox did. Equinox is used by a crazy amount of gay people and stuff like that. Like yeah. the whole, like cycle is supposed to be for diversity in women. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I put it akin to like if Rose Macario of Patagonia, which has been selling its environmental record and yeah. in term, they do lawsuits and stuff like that, and you buy into that brand because of what you like about it, um, suddenly it was an oil driller in like, in like pristine areas of the wilderness. Yeah. It's just, you just don't have to. You don't have to buy that.
1: Stuff and everything. I don't know. Uh, I, so I respect that. I'm. I, I. And I think you're walking the walk. Um. My, I'm going to continue to go to Equinox. My decision is going to be, I think, indicative of most consumers. And that is, I talk a big game, and then I want that little black dress for 9.99 from H&M, which means somebody. In Bangladesh is working for you know poverty wages and, and the supply chain is just polluting like crazy. I don't, I do think there's a distinction between something like Equinox and SoulCycle and Patagonia, who rests its brand on being overtly, kind of socially conscious. I think Equinox and SoulCycle are trying to be progressive. But it's basically just a gym where there's more good-looking people wearing more Lululemon, so they charge a premium.
0: <laughs> no, but seriously, I just, it does bother me. I'm, I, I agree with you. I, I, it's just what, it's like they, they sell and sell and sell. They have neons, so and they sell the yeah. idea of what they are, and yeah. then, in fact, their owner is completely
1: But I'll, I'll go even further than that. I, I, I find with progressives, look, I, I think that we're very good at accepting people who don't look like us. We're not very good at accepting people who don't think like us. And 49% of the nation voted for Trump— and if someone wants to host a fundraiser for him, I don't think we should be committing economic war against that person. I just don't I, – I, I'm going to work my ass off to get Trump out of office. I'm going to give money. I'm going to canvas. I'm going to do my part. But I think bipartisanship has to go places if you really think of it as a belief as opposed to just a word. I don't think you can commit economic war against people who happen to support the president. And I, I, I don't like them. I think they're stupid. I don't understand them. But are it, there were people who hated Obama and Hillary. And does that mean that they should not work with my companies? Do well, they have a moral know, obligation? Oh, come
0: on. Boycotting is, a, is an age-old tradition. Everybody. It's been going on. You know, remember Anita Bryant and the Orange News with gays. And so like, this is not an unusual thing to do. Like Chick-fil-A, for example, super anti-gay. Yep. My kids eat, I let my kids, yep. my kids eat it all the time. I tell them what it is, yeah. they make a decision. Right, they, they, they think the chicken's the best chicken ever. So I don't eat it. So it's yeah. just, I think people can make individualized decisions without, what I think the left does all the time is we constantly are the ones giving in and, and saying we'll try Fair to be point. bipartisan when the other side yeah. just never does. Look at Fair the behavior point. of Mitch McConnell this week. He's just not yeah. going to pass it. So if he was like, feeling bipartisan or think it's an important thing, he would do it. And so it's we get played constantly on the left by the right, constantly.
1: Now that I've outed myself as someone who's going to continue to go to Equinox, I have to enter the fitness protection program. Kara. get it? The <laughs> fitness protection program.
0: You go ahead. I just think everyone should be able to choose. That's all. Yeah. People can make their choices. And I think boycotts are an age-old tradition. Yep. The right does it. The left does it. I think I it's, it. per- you know, when a lot of people didn't want to go to Disney because they had the gay days, yep. fine. That's, that's your choice yeah. kind of thing. Uh, I think it's
1: good. 100% get it. So, uh, you, uh, uh, the Apple card, I'm going to pivot to something happier. All right. The Apple card. All right. Can we talk about okay. the Apple card?
0: Yes, please, because I've been using it the past couple of days.
1: Really? And yes, what do you I think? Have I haven't used it yet. I've just downloaded and. and yes,
0: they gave it to me early. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, did you get on the? Did you get on the thing? if you used it yet? Yeah, that's right. I, I haven't used it yet,
1: it. but I got on it because I know Kara Swisher. That's um, right, exactly. But the, it's
0: great. It's great. What
1: are the things you like about? it? I'll tell you about what I think I like about it. What do you like about it? And I tell you where I think it came up short.
0: And let me do the negative parts, yep. which is Apple Pay is not available everywhere. Yep. And so I don't have the physical card with me yet, because yep. it hasn't been delivered. It's a titanium card, which you'll love, because you, you can also kill people with it, apparently. Yeah, it feels like a weapon. Um, but it's this very sharp titanium card. I have, don't have it yet, and so where it is not available, which is several places, I've noticed. Uh, it's available in a lot of places, but not as many as I thought. Um, and so that's a problem, not being able to use it. The thing I like about it is no numbers on it. I like the instant ability to see things and where I purchase them. I like the the financial information they give in this app, which is really well well done. Um, I like the, the fact that they're not trading on your information, that they yeah. don't have it, that it's encrypted. Uh, I like that their business isn't marketing on top of making money from... Um, you know interest rates and late fees and stuff like that which exist on all credit cards yeah. obviously and i just like the ethos of uh, i just trust apple that's i think that's yeah. what it is I, yeah. I trust them more than other companies
1: yeah, I thought that was a great summary. The, the, the another incredible brand move is they're going after uh, privacy. And the individual who helped me get signed up said we're all about simplicity, transparency, and privacy. And I thought it was interesting that they're incorporating privacy really deftly into their kind of core identity. The one feature you didn't mention that I really liked, or I really like is that when you get your bill. It uses artificial intelligence to badge the location instead of having some funky merchant code that you can't figure yeah. out where did I spend two hundred dollars. It says, "Oh, you spent two hundred dollars at this gas station in, put, you know, in in Ontario and have or a whatever." Map next to it. And it as a map. However, I asked the individual. I said, "Okay, uh, I, I, this morning I was literally looking at my Amex bill and I saw all these." Uh, charges on iTunes and I wanted to know are these legitimate what was being purchased because I'd like to know it's my kids using my iTunes Mm -hmm. account but I want to know A is it fraud and B I want to know what they're buying and I said why haven't you been able to use that given it's a closed network and you more than anybody know if they're downloading Dora the Explorer or something else and she's like oh well we haven't figured that out What? which I think is bullshit in other words my sense is transparency yeah, I agree. Transparency is great for them until it might reduce their revenues.
0: Right.
1: And the thing that the thing that would be easiest for them to tell you what has actually been purchased, they've decided, oh, we can't figure that out.
0: Yeah, I agree. I had an issue with that, too. But go ahead.
1: The other thing that's um, I think really interesting is the security features where your numbers uh, is not on it and numbers can change because credit card fraud, I get contacted probably two or three times a month via text message saying, was this charge yours? And mm-hmm. if it's less than 20 or 30 bucks, I just say yes, because the idea of having my credit card shut down and, and then re-registering across all the different sites is such a pain in the ass that I've decided a tax worth paying is to have a little bit of fraud on my card.
0: A little bit of fraud, that does it, that's where they test it, and then they buy a big thing, like a boat.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing, you when they say they're calling you for your protection, no, they're not. They're calling you for their own protection because you are not liable for more than $50. You're not liable for any fraudulent charges on your card. Mm -hmm. So when they call you and say we're going to shut it down and make it a pain in the ass for you to re-register everywhere for your protection, no, it's not. It's for they're covering their own ass. You're not liable for any fraudulent charges. Perhaps.
0: In any case, it's really simple, which is what I really liked about it. When we get back, we will talk about Facebook. Scott, it's time to take a break, uh, and we'll talk about wins and fails, and our predictions for the week. We'll be back after this. So, Scott, we're back. Are you there, Scott Galloway?
1: I am. And or are you I,
0: working out at Equinox because you're a, you're a class trader. Um, so, <laughs>
1: we need class um, traders according to, according to Anand Yeah, That's I'm, true. I, I heard the call. I heard that. Yeah, call. I am
0: a class trader. I guess I am. So, uh, Facebook. We were you yeah. discussed it earlier. They're rebranding its WhatsApp and Instagram to be WhatsApp by Facebook and Instagram by Facebook. Speaking of brands, like I'm using the Apple Card because I trust Apple. Yeah. Oh my God! Now I wasn't using Instagram and WhatsApp. Now I'm really not using Instagram and WhatsApp. This is, this is it. I think it's a fail. What do you what do you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I, my mind was just blown uh, if, because typically when you have brands with this type of equity, you don't want to pollute them. And right now, Facebook has some baggage. Instagram and WhatsApp are pretty clean brands. And Facebook's an amazing brand because of its ubiquity and it does have a lot of positive associations and people interact with it every day. But there's some baggage there, right? Facebook has been dented and banged up. And creating sort of this master brand or sub-brands, turning WhatsApp and Instagram into sub-brands, it usually would go the other way. And so this doesn't make business sense, except that what it does is it does two things. One, it outs Mark Zuckerberg, as he clearly thinks Facebook is kind of the lead dog here, and it's really all he cares about, and he doesn't have nearly the affection for the other brands to the extent he's willing to damage kind of billions in brand equity. But two, I think there's more Machiavellian than that, and that is I think he's trying to, again, conjoin the triplets. And make them one entity such that if and when the DTC or the FTC and the DOJ get their act together and come in and start talking about breaking them up, he can say, well, if you try and separate us now, you're going to kill the entire baby. Uh, So they're trying to pull things together such that they can claim, well, the spaghetti can't be unwound, otherwise you'd kill Mm -hmm. the entire company. So I think this is a prophylactic move against... Antitrust. I think the DOJ. Well, what
0: about as a brand move? What is your thoughts oh, it's on the stupid. brand move?
1: It's really stupid. These are such powerful brands. These are global brands. Each of these brands is probably one of the twenty or thirty strongest brands in the world right now. And the idea that you would make them less distinct and create that, do away with that diversity of asset base, is just—it's just—it's heresy in the world of branding that you would take three amazing brands.
0: And mush you know, them together. And
1: mush them together. It's just, just weird. It's like, I, I don't know what the equivalent would be. It's like Lexus or Toyota saying, we're just going to call it the Toyota Lexus. It's like, Well, yeah. this has a distinct identity and a ton of brand right. value. Why would you start polluting and confusing both brands? So it makes no sense from a business standpoint. I do think Mark Zuckerberg is a brilliant businessman. And I think he's decided that the brand equity that they will sacrifice is outweighed by his ability to claim that they're one company and you can't break us up. All what right, do you think? so I
0: think it's a fail. What is your fail of the week? I agree. Well, that's, that's, I, I, that's, I, I know why he's doing it. I think it's a bad idea.
1: That's my fail. I, I, I think it was... Um you know I, I i think that facebook brand like it's a lesson in really poorly managed brand architecture it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense and i hope the D, i hope the ftc and the doj send a letter going background saying just because you've decided this is one brand doesn't mean we're not going to come in and break it up should we decide that's the right thing yeah, to do yeah i think
0: that was one of the things obviously also this week facebook wrote to congressman david Cicilline that tiktok is a serious competitor and that in 2018 it was installed more times than either facebook or instagram And obviously, Ciceline, who's going to be on the podcast soon, is one of the Democrats who's thinking about whether Facebook should be broken up. So they're now trying to make a competitor. Like that's again, that was a fail to me. Like, oh, Facebook, you really have to stop. Like, I see what they're doing, but they're they're definitely making moves because, you know, the government is uh, is moving in on them.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. What's your what's your fail this week?
0: Fail this week for me is the the activity around Google. The accusation that Google's traitorous again that continues by the Trump administration via Peter Thiel, um, and it, they were pushing the idea uh, they're going to they're investigating Google because they discriminate against right wing employees, and they focused on a right wing employee Kevin uh, Cerny who who was of course was on Fox News, which got Donald Trump's attention. Um, You know, and then he started on the suppressing negative stories about Hillary Clinton and trying to undermine him. And I just think this is just—I am not a defender of Google most of the time, but in this case, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous attempt to do business via politics.
1: Well, and this got overshadowed again with all the mushroom clouds and dumpster fires everywhere. But supposedly Trump is considering an executive order around these platforms— an executive order to try and diminish or or to try and reduce the amount of conservative bias. What yeah. I, I, it's like? Okay, how? What's that going to look like? I mean, you want to talk about our heads start spinning around First Amendment and censorship when the president's going to put out some sort of executive order to ban It's going to it, 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 Yeah, I can't imagine the mechanism. I just don't see how on earth that would happen. I don't
0: well. The fact that he's doing it, it's like fought between Fox News and Peter Thiel, this is just insanity. So, you know, again, yeah, to defend a giant company like Google is not my easiest stance. Right. But in this case, I think it's just it, it, that, that the executive order to do that without any proof whatsoever, except for this idiot who worked at uh, Google, who, you know, whatever. It's not I'm sure it's not great to be there at, your, at, at the kombucha social hours if you happen to love Trump. I, I yeah. So what? yeah like so what work somewhere else or just you know say your piece and then argue with people but this idea that he was discriminated against just because he doesn't you know the there's such talk about like snowflakes they're just snowflakes i don't know what else that's what they use the term snowflakes so uh that was a fail for me this Got week, it. and i don't i don't know where it's going to happen but it must be very concerning to google it has to be very concerning do you have a win A win. Yes. I actually, uh, it's something I I tweeted about last night. uh, The Beanie Friedman. Did you see Booksmart? I love Booksmart so much. I'm so sorry. Didn't do better. Um, But she's an amazing actress. She just holds the screen like nobody else. She's also from Lady Bird and Booksmart. And she's going to play Monica Lewinsky in season three of American Crime Story about Bill Clinton's impeachment. And Monica Lewinsky is one of the producers. I just am so excited about that. I don't don't get excited about that much television, but I think it's great. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You have to see Booksmart. What's your win?
1: You know, it's funny. On the way over here, I was trying to think of a win, and I don't have a win, and I feel like it's my right not to have a win. I All just, right. I don't, don't My question is, it's strange. Do you remember when 9-11 happened, there was a, a pretty large cohort of people that had serious anxiety or couldn't fly? I never understood mm-hmm. that. I was here when it happened. I thought, okay, if you mm-hmm. know someone that was hurt, or actually no one was hurt, people were murdered, very few people mm-hmm. got injured, they, were, they either survived or they were killed. But it sent a large portion of people into a funk, right? And yeah. which is understandable. But I never really understood that. And this, these shootings. And this, you
0: lived in New York, and you weren't in a funk. Everyone I knew in New York. Oh, I mm-hmm.
1: saw, I saw the buildings come down. I mean, you I was, I was right effective. there, and I just, right. I, 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 I know that sounds terrible, but I just, uh, I thought it was obviously tragic, but it didn't put me into any sort of depression or cause any anxiety. And this shooting, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but this, these shootings this week have really sort of rattled me. And I'm trying to figure out, is it the age? Is it having kids? Is it get, finally developing an overdue sense of empathy? What is it that, about events? Uh, and I would love to find who the, you know, the premier psycho, what is it about certain events that you're not close to have an impact on you versus those that don't? But this, it feels like this one was different. I don't know why. Was it for you? Did this, has this like rattled I, it's you? Just a-
0: no, it's just an ongoing uh, feeling of de- depression over the fact that yeah. this is—I don't know if it's depression, corrected, that, that this just doesn't end. It gets, it gets ratcheted and ratcheted up, and you are constantly pushing back on what is, you know, racism, like that, you know. And then, and then you have a group of people like, I don't know, like Tucker Carlson, for example, this week, it's <laughs> we just such a—
1: There we go. Uh, he's we're gone on fishing. Talker.
0: He should stay fishing. Um, who are just like, there's no such thing as this. And when it's so clear that it is, you feel like you're being uh, propaganda, you're being Um, manipulated. You feel like you're living in Soviet Russia.
1: Yeah. And you know how I address and, and fix my depression?
0: How? Equinox!
1: <laughs> oh God. Here's the thing, Kara. As a species,
0: compromise. As a species,
1: we are happiest.
0: White man. We are and happiest
1: when we are in motion and surrounded by people we love. And I want to give a shout out. And
0: as you said, you still have back fat. No, There you
1: go. There back you go. Fat. But you know what? When I go to Equinox three times a week, I look fifty-three and seven-eighths nude, as opposed to just fifty-four. It's working. <laughs> it's working. But the, uh, shout out, if you're feeling depressed like me, it's really easy. Get outdoors, exercise, sweat with people you love. That's where we are happiest as a species, But not Cara. at
0: Equinox or cycle. As Christy Teigen said, I'll meet you at the library with weights. I'm Christy going by, I'm
1: going boogie boarding with my, my 8 and 11-year-olds. Truth be told, sure. we might be chum. We are, might be a little tasty snack. And oh, by yeah. the way, what great timing. I can't turn sure. on a TV and see a great white shark like eating the shit out of a seal that looks like a little boy in a wetsuit. I am a mess, but I am going to go into the water and go boogie boarding with my kids this weekend. Well, it's lucky
0: most people in the world have a worse life than you. Any predictions this week, Scott? Oh,
1: shame me. I feel so shame. Oh my God, I'm enjoying my life. Yes, yes, poor me. There's immigrants down in Texas that are being
0: mistreated. But I'm so upset for you that you can work out now. I'm so glad. Anyway, what is your predictions? Uh, I don't mean to equinox shame you, but I think I will for several weeks.
1: Well, we talked about uh, so I like there's um I, uh, I always talk about stocks that I don't that I think are going to get uh, cut mm-hmm. in half, but the stock that I really like now and I'm looking at, if you will, or thinking about, mm-hmm. I, I only buy stocks that I can give to my kids. Is mm-hmm. a stock we've talked about. I think a stock to watch um, is the real real. Uh, I went. They have truly. Oh, yeah, I think this thing is a juggernaut. I think if you look at some of the companies that have created tens of billions of dollars in value, they monetize these fallow assets, whether it's cars or apartments, and the real, real um, is, I think there could be something. I think this could be, if you will, a 30, 50, $100 billion market cap company, and I think it's built some moats around it. I don't think their competitors are that strong. There's a network effect, explosive growth, using the internet, and they've also, similar to what Uber's done, but in a better way, have figured out a way to assemble a group of um, uh, humans or organic intelligence, so my prediction is, um, we talked about uh, Beyond Meat getting cut in half, and I got a mm-hmm. bunch of crap on Twitter for always being Debbie yes, Downer. So I think Real Real is uh, is going to do really well this I year. I
0: think it's interesting. Julie Wainwright, I covered her for many years, but she had several companies for this, including Pets.com, where she yeah. got killed. Um, and what, didn't really make a recovery for a long time. I've known her really well. She's actually coming to Code Commerce in New York uh, yeah. in, the be- in, in uh, September, so I'll be interviewing her there. But I've known her for a million years, and this was an idea. I, I put up the email she sent me when she started. She goes, I've got this kind of interesting idea finally and talked about it and, and said you should come visit our warehouse when we start doing it. And so I'm really happy for her that this has worked out. And it does meet a need that is, is it's a nice, clean company that does like exactly and a very helpful thing to a lot of people. It, the whole idea of clothes. And I think I'd like to talk about this next week, the idea of actually owning clothes and how you move what you own around. I'll be writing about that next week where mm-hmm. that you can rent everything, Scott. But it's a great company, right? And she's a really terrific, interesting. She's a very interesting and one of the few female CEOs uh, in, in a tech-related company. Um, I'm going to make a little prediction. Go is Disney, The Disney stock getting cut because of the earnings and stuff like that, I think Disney's going to do just fine. And I'll it, be call. really interested when they roll out this. It's um, a great call. You know, they've You're had a bad right. history on the Internet. So yeah. I'm really excited to see what they do around this Disney, Hulu, ESPN Stuff and, and and how well they're going to do it. We'll see. They are really great in content. They have seven of the top what ten movies. I I, I think the worries about them are premature.
1: Hundred percent. I I like your prediction more. And I don't know if you saw, but yes, they announced they're moving towards this grand bundle. They're bundling yeah. Disney Plus, yeah. ESPN, and Hulu. Ad-supported Hulu for what exactly twelve ninety nine. The same price. As Netflix, so they're moving towards this grand bargain prime life offering, which is absolutely the way to get uh, the way to go. But yeah, I like your prediction more. I think I think the market got it wrong. It was off five percent after the yeah. earnings call because th- let's be honest, this bundling and. And recurring revenue bundles are just extraordinarily expensive. But I agree with you. I think it's going to come back. It's a-
0: they have had not much success on the internet. I've written about all yeah. of it. They had dig and everything else, but and they had that thing called Starwave. They had all kinds of. They just had a, They've never really been that successful in internet offerings. But I have to say, Bob Iger has been early to it. He's been trying at it, and I think he's I, he will get it right. I, if there's any if there's any media executive who will get it right, I think it will be him.
1: 100%. And where are you this week, Cara? Where is
0: I'm on the Cape with the sharks, uh, oh and I don't go swimming that much, so I'm I'm totally safe.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I also did the Bill Simmons podcast, and uh, you. That I'm was trying huge. to compete with all your podcasts you're doing with other yeah. people. You're cheating on me, so I cheated on you with Bill Simmons, who was brilliant, and also John Lovett. Last week, so I was I was around. I went. I know, around.
1: but that's like that's like okay. I go play tennis with my friends, and you go to Wimbledon. I mean, <laughs> Bill Simmons and John Lovett, those.
0: But uh, we're going to interview a, a presidential candidate. You keep candidate. saying that.
1: Stop teasing me. No, we
0: me. are. We're working. we it's I, gonna happen. It's We're like gonna, when my dad excited. would
1: always tell my mom he was gonna buy her a rabbit coat. That's what we did. That was a, that was a luxury item in the Galloway household. A rabbit uh, coat, and he I never did. Really. We're still waiting on that rabbit coat.
0: You're gonna have a rabbit coat, Scott oh, Galloway. I am gonna get you a rabbit coat. We're gonna have such a good time, and you have to like behave and ask good questions. Good, what's the point? Questions. What I'm, you, I'm 54.
1: I'm an atheist. I'm at a, economically secure. I have a core group of people who love me. What the? What's the point of behaving? Ruth right, Bader Ginsburg, point. Muhammad Ali, Kirk Cobain, my heroes all have one thing in common. Circle slash behave.
0: All right. Okay. All right. On that note, have a beautiful time. I'll talk to you next week. Uh, have a, try to be careful when you swim and try not to wear bright colors and oh kick God. with your little feet because oh you are. You shark, bait. Shark,
1: shark bait. Shark bait. By the
0: way, you know what? We have done so much crap to sharks. I'm sort no, of like. I know. Like,
1: it's terrible. Well, there's a you lot. There's a big pushback against Shark Week for being so sensationalist. When the bottom line is, for every for every individual that's that's bitten by a shark, about a hundred million sharks are killed by humans. Yeah, I mean,
0: we've fucked with sharks, yeah. and I feel like they're tired of it. In yeah. any case, uh, I don't want anyone to get bitten, obviously. But sharks have had a harder time than I think people have most, for the most part. Anyway, <laughs> we feel for the sharks. <laughs> we feel, we feel, we're feeling very sharks. lefty this week.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Anyway, today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis and Eric Johnson. Eric Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Rebecca Castro, Drew Burrows, and Nishat Kerwa. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you like this week's episode, leave us a review. If you have any suggestions for what you want to hear us talk about on a future show, Probably we won't listen to them, but send us an email, pivot at voxmedia.com. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week with another breakdown of all things tech and business.